0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is mudiwa Gawaza, and for today we get into a conversation that uh, we continue to have um, on this platform. It is a Friday, which means we get into uh, the hard economic issues uh, that are affecting um, uh, the country um, against the backdrop of uh, rand that is uh, uh, teetering on uh, 20 rand to the US dollar and interest rate hikes that have, uh, you know, seen us um, going up, uh, you know, above um, uh, 8% on the repo rate, energy, you know, continues to be a big issue um, uh, that is affecting the country. And as we noted a couple of months ago, um, we did say that there was likely going to start seeing a lot more players in the energy sector um, trying to plug the holes uh, because of uh, what's going on right now in terms of energy uncertainty on the side of ESCOM and for today we are looking at it but from a a slightly different um, angle we've tackled it from a grid point of view we've tackled it from uh, power ships we've tackled solar um, quite a bit but for today we're talking about uh, LPG that is uh, what a lot of people tend to just know as gas and uh, we're just going to get a sense um, you know, there's a lot of terms that people, uh, you know, put out there. Some people talk about cooking gas. Some people talk about natural gas. Some people call, uh, talk about um, liquid petroleum gas. Uh, but we're going to try and understand what are we actually speaking about today? And what is the opportunity there? And uh, today we are joined uh, by um, Theo governor who is the head of LPG Southern Africa um, over at uh, Ducat Energy Trading. Uh, that's Ducat Trading South Africa. They are a company uh, which recently commenced operations in South Africa, and uh, they are, you know, quite keen to make inroads in uh, the local energy sector by making liquefied petroleum gas accessible to poor communities. Thiru, greetings to you today.
1: Greetings. Uh, thanks. Thanks for the opportunity.
0: I think a good place to start is always um, understanding your context. So Ducat Trading, uh, just a little bit around uh, the company and I guess the opportunity that you guys are looking to, I guess, take advantage of at the moment.
1: Yeah, thanks. So Ducat Energy Trading started uh, operating in South Africa October 2022. Uh, So there's various entities within the greater Ducat family of companies and out of a need of A trying to fill the gap in the energy sector, Uh, we saw a a gap in the LPG sector. Uh, Personally, myself, I've been very passionate about LPG for quite a while, Uh, spent most of my years in the petroleum industry and uh, with the growing demand as we see for LPG, we found an opportune time for Ducat to venture into that area of the business and uh, I'll be ending up uh, LPG for for the Ducat group within Southern Africa. So we've got some great uh, ideas, some great concepts, some great plans that we uh, hope to roll out over the next few years. And as you mentioned in the intro, uh, with the current energy crisis, uh, we feel there's no better time to start entering into that uh, space. Uh, But it goes a little further than just the energy space as well. It goes about, you know, uh, education drive around LPG, uh, the barrier to entry in some of the sectors as well. So we're hoping to make some inroads in those areas and sectors, uh, geographically, primarily the, the rural township, the undeserved uh, uh, areas within the South African community.
0: When it comes to, I guess, uh, the LPG market, uh, you guys recently started trading. i um, keen to get your sense on the impetus to actually start trading in south africa um and uh i guess in that is it a is it a company that you know sees the opportunity in south africa and starts trading or is it a company that is already um trading outside of south africa's borders and you know comes into um the south african context given what's going on
1: Yeah, so the, the decade group has uh, has been operating for south quite some while uh, the LPG sector is is uh, like I mentioned a fairly new sector within the group that we're venturing into, but the but the LPG market itself has been maturing uh, rapidly over the years, uh, especially more so with the now advent of the uh, the two key import facilities in Soldana which is Bay. The access to LPG is becoming more readily available uh, from a from a availability supply. Or security supply perspective uh, the downstream side of rolling that out into the markets has been a huge barrier to entry and i guess that's largely due to the huge capex investments required to get into that space
0: oh i see okay cool and i think from that point of view because of uh, the fact that we are from uh, the world of uh, finance, we do need to understand, you know, whatever you can share in terms of uh, whatever level of investment you're comfortable to share with us. Um, what type of investment are you looking to put down um, into into your operations here in South Africa?
1: Yeah. So the, the LPG business uh, uh, market uh, revolves primarily around, like I said, the huge CapEx investments. And to a large degree, uh, the, the, uh, the majority part of your CapEx investment lies in the availability of cylinders. And we've seen over the years, uh, one of the barriers to getting access to LPG is the lack of uh, cylinder availability. Uh, I'm not too sure, you know, people out there would find, especially during winter, getting access to even getting a, a 9 kg bottle for your briar stand or your gas eater becomes a bit of a challenge. So, so, as part of our CapEx drive and part of our rollout, we're we looking at over, the, over a phase period over the next three years to, to uh, make huge CapEx investments, uh, largely in, uh, in the area of bottling plants, uh, or filling plants as people call them. So this is where the LPG actually gets bottled into the various sizes of bottles. Uh, we're looking at setting up a, a, what I call a state-of-the-art bottling plant down the line. And like I said, the majority of the uh, investment will be goes to our cylinders as well. So uh, and primarily the uh, five kg markets, readily accessible, easily accessible to the rural township areas uh, for people to easily uh, move them around, uh, transport them around. So uh, over the next three years, based on our projected plans and what we envisage doing, we're looking at investments of uh, just in uh, the region of about fifty million brand of investments over the next three years.
0: That's actually a decent amount of money, and uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing for you know what you were talking about just now, the the fact that there's a lot of capex that goes into, um, I, I I guess the what do you call this. Uh, I guess the supply, you know, side of things, uh, because I'm just going to use my uh, what you call this, my small example, and then you can tell me where in the ecosystem you guys are going to be playing uh, on that front, because um, like many people in the country, I have a, I have a gas bri, um, and every once in a while I need to go to either refill. The, the, my gas tank or i need to go and buy um, the gas tank um, i think builders warehouse is one of the places where you can go and you know just get your gas refilled and a lot of service stations across um, johannesburg for example have you know stations where you can get um, you know your gas but that's just on me and the consumer side I, I do know that there are large distribution centers, you know, where, you know, this gas is actually going out, um out there. I, I guess on our side is to understand um where exactly in the market you guys is it an enterprise type of thing where you are looking to maybe yeah supply businesses or are consumers such as myself going to be, you know, interacting um with some of the products that you guys will be supplying into the market?
1: Yeah, so so the, the market's are quite quite segmented into the various categories as you explained. So there's there going to be a a, a a business-to-business element to it, uh, catering for some of the IM commercial, industrial users, the hospitality trade. Uh, but uh, one of the key areas we're looking at is 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 a power, empowerment drives to get more access to. Uh, distributors in various networks to roll out the the uh, the gas to their relevant areas uh, so there's going to be a bit of an empowerment drive uh, hopefully in time you know, we will be able to share a little more of that uh, how we envisage uh, uh, in rolling out that empowerment drives and, and getting access to the areas that we want access to uh,
0: one of the biggest things that um, i'm curious to understand um, I was talking to someone recently uh, who said uh, one of South Africa's missed opportunities um, was that uh, we should have made gas a little more, bit more readily available uh, back in the day when you're thinking about uh, regulations in the country, uh, town and city planning, that type of thing, you know, to say, for example, um, when new houses are built in South Africa, they must have um electricity lines they must have uh, water and sewage lines and the like but in other parts of the world uh there's also an added um there's an added requirement where you also need to Um, include gas lines and you know that type of thing keen to get your thoughts on that end because when it comes to making gas more accessible i'm pretty sure that's also part of the equation to say stuff like that could have possibly made it a lot more cheaper and more accessible for the ordinary south african at least by now had some of those investments been made way back when
1: no, you're quite true there, and uh, and we are started to see some of the more forward-thinking uh, property developers are starting to include uh, gas fixtures as a as a standard fixture in in new builds. Uh, but that being said, you're quite correct. You know, there, there there was a huge lost opportunity uh, over the time where this could have been a much more easier available accessibility to. Uh, the public. Uh, I know there's a lot of talk currently around various aspects around the energy crisis, and and there's a lot of talk about you know, alternate energy and cleaner energy and all that stuff. And people seem to focus on solar energy, wind, etc. But you know, gas is quite re- really accessible, uh, and I guess that's where we want to come in and and try and. Uh, play in the space, but more to just play in the space is it's not just for us an economic uh, or a business opportunity it's it's more an educational opportunity as well where I think part of the reasoning for a lack of the uptake in the use of LPG is an educational drive around it where people need to understand that it's it's no different to any other sources of of energy in fact, if one could argue that it's much more a safer source of energy uh, i mean uh, I've been tracking you know, these Uh, for lack of a better word the shack fires and the causes around it You know the chances of topping over a candle or a paraffin cooker that predominantly starts these fires versus having an LPG cylinder for use is much more lesser of an evil so it is an educational drive and and we do want to play in that space as well so like I said it's, it's not just a matter of us getting to the market and selling LPG because currently the market is the marketing is there, there is LPG players out there, but it's more around the educational drive and how do we get people to understand that, you know, LPG can play a space in the energy crisis. Uh, and also more from an environmental perspective as well. I mean, you know, the, the use of biomass as as a regular source of energy for, for the guy in the street that's back into, uh, you know, prime source of energy. Uh, LPG is there to play, the, play an important role in that space as well.
0: You know, as you're talking, um, especially that point about education, it makes one wonder then because i think part of the reason why we are having uh, this particular conversation is around the issue of accessibility and actually you know making sure that you get um, gas into 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 more communities around south africa uh, particularly some of the more disadvantaged and um, and poorer communities and i'm just wondering on that end you know how you how you tackle for me it's two things how you how you tackle the distribution piece and um i guess you know tied to that is the education piece because and I, and i wonder what comes first do you go and put um you know do you do you do you attack the distribution and then people get curious and then you educate them to say actually this is a great source of energy or do you tell people oh this is a great source of energy we're going to bring it um i guess it's a chicken you know versus an egg uh you know type of uh type of question but just keen to get um your thoughts around how how you tackle that part of the equation. And especially right now where people are so curious um, about energy and trying to find um, ways to circumvent the load shedding situation. People people just want to be able to cook. People just want to be able to heat themselves. Uh, we, we talk about winter which we're in right now. Um, it's cold out there. Um, and, uh, you know, from a baseload point of view, uh, solar and all these power stations and inverters, those things are not going to help us to 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 cook they're not going to help us to heat our homes uh but gas seems viable but just keen to get your sense around that uh chicken versus uh, versus eggs uh scenario
1: yeah you almost took the words out of my mouth i was going to say it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation and, and we are going to we are going tackle them in parallel of each other uh and it's it, it is I would say a daunting task, uh, but it is plans that we are busy putting together. We've got a big, we've got a big campaign around the brand awareness, the brand strategy, uh, and 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 the educational drive. But quite correct, you know, we, almost every day, one hears in the news about all these electricity jargon that the common man is not really interested in. You know, base load and megawatts and gigawatts and solar and all these jargon terms. All the guy wants to know is, can I get home after work? And generally it's the gogos that have to uh, take care of this, or the ladies that have to get home for work. Can I go and cook a meal for my family? Uh, Can I study at night for my exams without electricity? Uh, Can I keep warm during winter? Those are basic requirements that one needs to, to lead some kind of dignified lifestyle to be able to get through these trying times so yes gas is available gas is here uh, and it's something that we need to get across and yes it is a chicken and egg but we hope to tackle it in parallel uh, with woods driving the distribution network together with the educational side of things
0: okay cool so from that point of view then when you are I guess thinking about uh, that, obviously chicken and egg. But you decide that you're going to attack these issues in parallel, um, you know, from each other. What do you make though of uh, the current, uh, I guess, the current use of gas in South Africa? I think I gave my small example um, of uh, of having a gas bri, and I think you know, for most people um you think of gas in south africa from uh oh you know this is what some people are cooking with in their kitchens uh for people that have you know the gas outside some people are using it um to i think gas heaters are one of the things that i've seen in people's homes those i guess are the two you know big ones that um i see in south africa but when you look around the world some people talk about gas geysers, and uh, they talk about you know heating, you know, in the home, like uh, home heating systems. That are uh, so. I guess on that point of view, do you view uh, South Africa's use of uh, of LPG? I guess uh, on the more immature side of uh, of things.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll say it's a it's an evolving, maturing side. So uh, this is a way of example. I mean. If you picked up a, a furniture pamphlet or, or one of these builders warehouse pamphlets or any of those a few years back, very rarely would you see them advertising for a gas stove or any gas appliances. That's almost now become a regular feature in these uh, offerings from most of these big outlets. Uh, gas geese, as you mentioned, is becoming a huge uh, uh, factor that people are starting to use. And uh, another new, not new, everything in South Africa is relatively new, but LPG, there's even LPG generators. So you don't have to have a diesel or a petrol generator that creates all these unwanted fumes in your garage or wherever you have them set up. So there's LPG generators as well. Uh, In terms of uh, other infrastructure, I mean, if you go to some of the more advanced uh, developed countries, you know, you've got gas on tap, piped gas, that runs through uh, your neighbourhood straight to piped to, your, to your household. Uh, and I guess in time, we probably evolved at that stage, uh, and as a big drive and talk around LNG, natural gas becoming available, uh, I'd say probably in 10, 20 years down the line, you probably see yourself playing in that space. But we are where we are, and we can do what we can do with what we have. So LPG is currently a a very viable source of energy for all these elements that you mentioned, uh, geezers, stoves, uh, eating, cooking, lighting. So there's there's a number of applications that LPG can be used in uh, across the various uh, energy requirements.
0: Um, When one thinks about, I guess, some of the different uses that you've just highlighted right now, I feel like it was perhaps an oversight uh, on my part that uh, perhaps we should have uh, defined LPG at the beginning uh, because there are the different types of gas, uh, you know, that are out there. So maybe just at this point, because we are talking about the different uses, you could help people to understand. I guess that's part of the education, Um, you know, what the difference is between LPG, LNG and the like.
1: Yeah, so, so LPG is, uh, is predominantly a, 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 a mixture of uh, propane butane. In, in the South African context, it's uh, it's roughly a 70-30 a split propane butane. Uh, uh, it's a product that's derived from uh, either a, re- a refining process or alternatively a, a source of, uh, again, natural gas uh, that's uh, processed into LPG uh, and LNG as the acronym says it's a liquid uh, natural gas that's again uh, sourced out of the ground like uh, crude oil uh, processed into an usable uh, a form of energy so but invariably you know the, the various elements of, uh, of uh, of gas, as one may call it broadly, is pretty much serve the same purpose. Uh, but again, just coming back to the question, in uh, LPG, as we know it, liquefied petroleum gas, is predominantly the sector that we are currently playing at the moment.
0: So when a person goes to, we, we spoke just now about uh, uh, when people go to service stations and, you know, refill their gases or exchange um, their cylinders and the like, um, for the most part, what are, what are we interacting with? Is that LPG or LNG?
1: LPG. So that's your your, so your normal 5 kg to your 19 or even your 48 kg that you would purchase from any uh, authorized distributor. Uh, is generally LPG.
0: Okay, I think that gives us a little bit, um, you know, of understanding from that end, and I think it helps us um, to also get a little bit uh, of color because, as part of your investment drive, you mentioned fifty million for the next uh, three years. Uh, but I do understand that uh, you guys have already started making a couple of acquisitions, um, particularly in the in the Western Cape around some of these things. So, um, where does that uh, fit into the overall plan and strategy?
1: Yeah, so so we recently acquired a, a very small bottling plant in in the Western Cape, uh, which is currently in the process of it's being refurbished a bit uh, and uh, revamped. Uh, so we're putting a little more some modernized equipment to make the the process a little more streamlined and faster. Uh, so that's that's just the start of one of the investments, and like I mentioned earlier, the the plan thereafter is to. Roll out more of these bottling plants uh, around the Western Cape. So we see our footprint currently in the Western Cape, uh, with plans to move, obviously next onto the Eastern Cape, and then and then nationally, uh, set up a, setting up a footprint.
0: Okay, and I guess by the as part of the roadmap, you then envisage yourselves having um, such plants around the country, or do you then have um, certain hubs? around the country that then feed into maybe neighboring provinces and the like?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a combination of both. It's it, it's uh, it's probably an up-and-spoke uh, uh, method of uh, rolling out. So there'll, there'll be various subs and various distribution points. Uh, and, and the grand plan is obviously to make the accessibility as streamlined as possible. So wherever there is an area of need, we will ensure that there's a distribution point or a bottling plant uh, close by to meet those needs and requirements.
0: And because we are talking about accessibility um, when it comes to the distribution piece, I want to bring in uh, what you said earlier on about education, uh, because um, I I think we stress that point quite a bit to say that uh, part of the reason is just people not being aware of the advantages that gas, uh, you know, can have and some of the applications. But Um, in the current economy you know where consumers are under as much pressure as they are and given the disparities you know between rich and poor and the like in South Africa keen to get a sense of um, I guess pricing Um, not pricing of the product itself but rather you know where that factors into the equation is gas seen as being expensive in South Africa
1: yeah. So yeah, you touched on a very uh, interesting point and a point that's very close to me as well. So, so LPG in South Africa is to the domestic market is currently regulated. Okay. So there's a maximum retail price or sometimes referred to as MRP for LPG. Uh, that being said, we do see, uh, and, and like you mentioned, because of the, uh, the dynamics of the market, there are some sectors or areas where LPG is charged to the end user much more than what the regulated price for the domestic use is. Uh, I myself personally have had experiences where you know there are certain distributors that charge much more. That's, that tends to give uh, the perception that LPG is an expensive source of energy uh, and largely because the correct prices aren't being charged. And again, it talks to the old education drive. So as an example, one shouldn't be paying more than MRP for LPG. So if you're going to, like you said, to your local builders or your local wherever you buy it, uh, one of the things you should be, especially if you quality it yourself, you should be saying, but you know, the price for the month, as an example, the price of the month of May is 37 grand, 3 cents per kg in case of a VAT. So if you've been charged anything more than that, then you're being ripped off essentially if you're having your if you're having your product delivered to you uh, then arguably you know the distributor could say that there's a, there's a slight delivery fee so you'd see a lot of adverts say uh, free delivery uh, we don't charge delivery but it, essentially they do add the component on that you're allowed to add an element of delivery but if you're collecting your gas yourself at a authorized reputable dealership or distributor there is a maximum price that needs to be paid
0: okay i think from that point of view i i i, I do feel it and understand it um I, i'm not an energy expert but um i think it would be great you know for people to have a mix of some sort of you know some of uh, some of these things i think i've seen it um with uh, anecdotally with a couple of people um that i interact with and friends you know where uh, someone has gone and taken out uh, electric stovetops, replaced them with uh, with the gas, and said, "Okay, cool. We're going to be heating the heating and cooking with gas." And then you have solar for lights and stuff like that, and it becomes a little bit more of a sustainable, you know, type of situation uh, that people then have in the in the face of load shedding. But as we are rounding up, Thiru um i think you know fortunately or unfortunately in the south african context it's hard to have a conversation about gas um without at least asking you know from a ducat um trading point of view um, how bullish you guys are about uh, about gas itself simply because there is all of these debates versus about renewables versus fossil fuels and uh, gas is seen as a quote-unquote fossil fuel so you know uh, i guess without getting into debates about just transitions and all that just keen to you get your sense around um i guess that that thing because that is literally one of the decisions that uh, ordinary south africans are are faced with on a daily basis do you rely On the fact that, uh, you know, um, if you have money at your disposal, do you go that renewable route uh, and say, "Okay, cool, I'm going to get solar or something else? Obviously, we can't get wind wind turbines in our backyards, uh, but solar is, um, you know, the most accessible thing at the moment. Or do I go something that's more uh, fossil fuel based, such as gas, or do I have a mixture? Um, alluding to the example that I gave earlier on, because these are the this is literally the choices that South Africans are making with their pockets on a daily basis.
1: No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's, 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 I think there's a space to be played in, in in all of those areas and aspects you mentioned. And again, it again comes down to affordability and what one wants out of uh, their energy needs. Uh, we're primarily looking to be, again, like I say, trying to f- fill the gap in the area that may not have accessibility to some of these more uh, uh, modern renewable energy sources, i.e. solar. So, for example, I can't go into an area like uh, Google for example, and tell the guy, you know, okay, right, I'm going to put up a whole string of solar panels now and fire you up with solar energy in the next few months. Uh, it's just practically not possible. So, so our market that we intend, like again the early conversation said, is the, is the uh, disadvantaged, un- underserved sectors of the market, that we see that gas plays a more meaningful role there. For the much more upmarket I end user, yes, they have accessibility and probably the pockets to cater for a mixture of uh, various uh, alternatives. But again, for the for the common guy that wants to, again coming back to, you, be able to cook a meal, be able to have some general eating, to have some lighting, uh, yes, plays an important role for them. We see
0: definitely so that's been it it has been a very uh, fascinating conversation about um, LPG uh, that is uh, liquefied petroleum gas Um, and it's been uh, very educational at least on my end um, just uh, thinking about uh, the different uh, what you call this the different applications um, that are there and also getting that distinction between uh, what's known as LNG uh, versus LPG and for the majority of us uh, that are you know on a consumer level just going out you've got a gas pry or a gas heater that is LPG uh, that is uh, you know the confirmation on that end and um, talking about uh, some of the issues around accessibility how do we drive more gas usage in South Africa because right now what is apparent is the fact that um, South Africa uh, people in South Africa do need uh, to think about uh, energy mix just on a household level. Um, You know, back in the day, you would have thought about that as being a national policy uh, type of issue, which it is. But more and more on a daily basis, ordinary people are being faced with what is the mix of energy that you can supply for yourself uh, because of the energy uncertainty. And uh, Thero is there saying that uh, a gas is a viable alternative. Um, he was speaking quite a bit earlier on about uh, the safety part of things to, uh, to say that um, it is quite a safe, um, safer alternative than some of uh, the sources that are being used Um, Currently, I think he was referencing things like your shack fires, you know, simple things such as tipping over a candle and the like um, might be avoided, you know, if people are using um, something like that. And also uh, that trend, and that's a trend that I think we're going to be trying to keep an eye on to see um, what type of infrastructure is going to be put in place um, to just make sure that gas lines are a little bit more, um, a little bit more widely spread you know when a person moves into our house um you know is gas already there or do i have to go out and actually put some of that infrastructure in for myself and um, also the investment uh, it will be great to see how uh, they develop that um, you know with their three-year plan uh, they've already done the, the 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 small bottling plant and they're going to be doing a hub and spoke model uh, but also keen to see uh, what other areas they will be getting in so that's been us. We were in a conversation uh, with uh, Thiru governor who is the head um, of LPG Southern Africa over at uh, Ducata Trading. Thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for the opportunity again.
0: This is, is Moudiwa's Take. take i haven't done one of these in a while but uh, i think this energy situation does um does call uh, for some you know some of these thoughts because uh, i hadn't really thought about it until i said it um earlier on to say that we often think about energy mix from a national policy point of view it's usually a macroeconomic issue uh, that policymakers have to contend with and then from there um you your ordinary citizenry then goes with whatever's there. In some countries, as we said, um, gas is a big part of uh, you know the way that they heat and cook um, in their homes. in uh, in certain parts of, let's say, Europe, for example, if we remember what happened. Uh, Uh, At the start of the Russia-Ukraine war, one of the biggest concerns was what was going to happen to um, gas supplies because so many countries in that part of the world make use of gas to heat their homes, to cook, and to go through winter and the like. They don't rely on uh, electricity as much as we do when it comes to um, that particular aspect. And now, uh, ordinary people in South Africa are thinking about energy mix, right, because load shedding is forcing a lot of people to say how do you power your home how do you mitigate some of the um, impacts of load shedding when there is no power and um, you know just to use uh, that example that I gave earlier on to say uh, increasingly I've been seeing anecdotally um, homes where uh, people already have gas um, for for cooking especially because in South Africa um, gas isn't really used for heating uh, for heating for internal heating systems as much. Yes, people do have your your gas heaters, but that's something that um, is like a, like an add on. You go and you buy one and you have one um, as opposed to heating in the home. Uh, the 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 gas heaters that we were talking about earlier on, uh, the gas geysers rather that we were talking about. That's the type of infrastructure I'm talking about. so uh, you have gas you're able to cook uh, because your, your solar, your portable power stations, um, and the like are usually not going to be able to power stoves, uh, microwaves, uh, air fryers, kettles, uh, toasters, that type of thing. So if you want to be able to continue to cook and feed your families, um, gas does seem like a viable alternative. So I've seen a lot of people using stands to cook during times of load shedding. And then you then use your things like your solars and some of these our other sources the inverters the batteries and the like uh, to keep the lights on and electronics and the like so we are thinking about energy mix on a household level so going forward it will be interesting to see how that discussion does develop over time Um, hopefully there can be a little bit more of a robust debate around the place of gas um, in south africa and how it helps uh, when it comes to that energy mix going forward pocket costs or wherever you choose to get your pods costed i've been Mudio gavaza of the business day and financial mail and this has been another edition of the business day spotlight which is a multimedia live production so for myself and the rest of the team it is a good evening good afternoon and good morning <music>